This is the Lamplight Radio Play. More than 20 years ago, David LaBelle and the 46 members of his Church Fire and Redemption made their home on Turner Island in the Chesapeake Bay, a small crab fishing community of less than 300 residents. Within a year, the alleged cult brought national attention to this mostly ignored island. In 1996, the group was brought up on charges by the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives for allegedly stockpiling weapons at their home on Turner Island. And their formerly reclusive leader, David LaBelle, began talking to the press. The charges presently against us are antithetical to our nature. We are followers of peace, of the power of redemption. Our goals do not include hurting anyone. We chant, we respect each other. After a three-week bench trial, the judge dismissed the charges and chastised the prosecutor for their lack of evidence. But LaBelle kept talking to the press. Pastor LaBelle, you say you're peaceful, but in the past you've also said that you intend to bring cleansing fire to those who interfere with your church. How is that peaceful? When we talk about the fire, yes, the fire cleanses, leaves nothing behind except ash. And from that, we can rebuild anything, even ourselves. I've been through the fire, and as you can see, I'm here in front of you. We mean it as metaphor. And then, one week in October of 1998, all 46 members of the Church Fire and Redemption disappeared, leaving behind their grieving family members and an empty building with a few blood splatters on the floor. In the decades since, investigators haven't gotten any closer to discovering where the group went. It's a mystery that sparked the imagination of the public for decades, except for one group, the residents of Turner Island. Yeah, I hope nothing bad happened to them. But if they wanted us to know where they were, they'd have told us. Funny thing about life on the bay, usually nothing much ever happens here. And that's fine by us. Anyone listening? I'm here. That you, Gus? Yeah. Howie? Yeah. Are you all set up? Yeah, I am. What about you? Were you able to get your traps pulled up? Yeah, I got the last ones a few days ago. I'm set up here. I checked in on Mr. Savoy earlier. Seems okay. How do you like the attention? He didn't mind. Then I checked in on Mrs. Johnson next door. She took it a little personally. <laughs> yeah, I bet she did. But they're both all right. He has his generator and she has a rifle. And they know they're welcome to come here. You're the highest house over there, right? Yes, sir. Hey, guys. Terry here. Howie here. Gus here. How's the weather on the north side, Terry? Quiet. Dillinger has all the hogs crated in his living room. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, all 23 of them. Ugh. God, how do they fit? I don't know. <laughs> According to the TV, the storm's gonna be passing to the south, so... Me and the marina, we're gonna be getting the worst of it. What's the highest house in your block, Gus? Myra's place. 
She invited me over, but I'm going to probably stay here. Yeah, I'm going to make some coffee before the power goes out. Stay near your boxes, boys. Yeah, I will. Talk soon. that Bill Loomis of our weather team was explaining to us uh, just a minute ago. Uh, James Hayden is the assistant mayor of Salisbury, Maryland, which is bracing for a direct hit. Uh, Mr. Hayden, how well are you prepared, and is this storm stronger than you anticipated? Yes, we're as prepared as you can be for a storm like this. Uh, the past 48 hours and the past 24 hours in particular have been uh, very hectic over here. equivalent of a tornado warning, but this storm is more than 30 miles wide. That's the kind of destruction that we're going to see. That's just from the wind portion of the storm, which you can see right here is bright red on the image on your screen. Jesus! And the latest from the storm center, they're now almost categorical. Damn. My TV's out. You still got power? I do, but it's rough over here. Debbie's maple blew into the road, almost took out the main line. Ooh. My backyard is flooded. I'd guess maybe two feet of water. How far away is your foundation? It's another couple of feet. Think about going to Myra's. Make them quick. I'm holding on for now, thank you. I'll, um, I'll check back in a while. I'll just be drinking. And whatever passes the time. I'm here. Who's this? Come here, Mary. Come. Hello? Anyone listening? I'm still here. Me too. Have you all seen the water? Hey, Gus, what's going on at your place? My first floor is underwater. <sighs> I'm upstairs in the study. It's too late for me to leave now. Oh, Jesus. There's something else. Something floated into my backyard. A, a box. It lodged up against the garage. Debris raised up by the water, that's all. Yeah, but it's got big letters on it. Church, fire, and redemption. I don't like it. I wouldn't worry about it, Gus. The county just started renovating that site. They've been worried what a mess it'll make if it floods. They'll have a whole new pond out back. But it's glowing. Glowing? How do you mean glowing? Some light from inside coming between the cracks. I mean, what if it's some radioactive tubes or, or, or something else? Don't worry about it. We'll get it scooped up in the cleanup. Look, just stay near your radios, okay? It's... 
Making you what, Gus? Gus? You, you still there? I tis come. Tis come? It is come. Luja. Terry, you still listening? Yes, I'm putting on my gear now. Did you get all that Morse? I only got part. It is come. Hallelujah. Jesus. I'm heading over there. Be back in 15 minutes. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm sure Gus is fine. No, he's not. I got my outboard hiked up in the driveway. I'm just gonna run down and get him. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Come get me. Why? That water's rough, even for you. You're the opposite way. Then wait for me. There's not time. I'm going. Wait, Terry. Terry! Damn it! I remember sitting in front of the ham, and I'm seized by the sense that something terrible has happened. I look out the window. The water line is just past Mrs. Johnson's Buick. The land ends and becomes splatters on black. The water isn't terribly choppy, and I figure I can handle the wind. I go to get a coat, and there by my rain boots are Ellen's nice Sunday shoes. I don't even know how they got there. Board was on a trailer in the back. I hauled the trailer down to the waterline, which was no easy task. But by the time I get there, the wind stopped. In the sky, it's as if looking through a telescope, only one so big it craters your eyes with all the stars. The weather turns around the edges. The eye of the hurricane. I get in the boat and drift about 10 feet into the water and give a hard tug on the cord for the motor. The rope snaps in the middle. I figure it's a blessing. It saves me the time of trying to get it started. With that, I settle down on the metal seat grab the oars and stroke my way down Main Street. It's a mile down to his place by the marina. The houses and tops of sheds, cars and piles of junk look like a graveyard jutting from the water. The Sander household, McCoys, Williams, first floors of their houses are buried. At the Hendricks house, I can see candlelight glowing through the upper windows. God, I know I don't do this, but please help. 
my neighbors. I'll lose the eye of the storm if I stop. I'm still in the eye when I reach Gus's house. Lonelier than ever on that little peninsula that reaches out into the bay. There's that line of trees separating his property from the bay, but the tops barely stick out above the water's surface. I see a faint glow in one of the second-story windows. I roll right up to it. It's easy. Stepping off the boat while ducking down through the window is harder. Made even harder because I'm holding the rope and my flashlight. Gus! It's Howie! I got the boat! I'm in his bedroom. Gus has his radio set up on a desk and a small lantern, both running from a car battery and an inverter. I hitch the line around a bedpost. Gus! Where are you? Terry, you there? Terry? How are you there? Yes, I'm here. Who's this? Gus? Gus? Gus, I brought a boat. Let's get out of here. Where are you? Is that you, Howie? Gus! Are you in the attic? Yes. I shine the light into the opening. I can only see the plywood that's the underside of the roof. I don't see anyone. Did Terry show up here? No. I take a step up the ladder. Let's get out of here. Where are you? I'm up here. Please hurry and shut that door. What? Why? I take a second step. I can feel the cool attic air on my face. Gus, if that's you, come down now, or I'm leaving you. Get up here. Another step. Gus? Something's moving through the attic toward me. There's no way Gus could move like that. I see a ghostly hand reach through the darkness of the opening. I startle and slip. And then I got the hell out of there. I crash into the bottom of the boat. I reach for the outboard to give it a try, but remember it's gone. That's when I realize I never untied the line from the bed. Now, I need you to just listen, all right? Because what I saw... What? There's a dull green halo around the house. <laughs> I see a domed membrane extending out about 25 feet around the house. The base of the dome slips into the water. It's bright there, too. Outside the membrane, the rain had started falling. But inside, 
perfect peace. I look up the line and I see shadows move in the bedroom. Something big casting a black heap on the wall. I'm working on this knot with my fingers. <clears throat> this lunatic knot, this knot with no name. And then something fleshy slinks through the window. I've seen small squid before. This almost looks like one of their arms, except there are no suckers. Gray, smooth, and slimy, compressing and elongating like a massive worm. Whatever this tentacle belongs to is still inside the house, and it didn't come from the bay. I start kicking at the cleat, trying to break it. Another tentacle snakes out and clutches the window frame. Whatever it's connected to, and it's got to be massive, is trying to pull itself through. But what I see next is a face. What? One I recognize. Howie! It's David LaBelle. Howie, what? don't leave! He nudges a tentacle side and leans out the window. His smile is as I remember. The five-day-old whiskers around it, the salesman's confidence. Nothing has changed about him. Twenty years on. Friend, don't be afraid. It's safe here. See? She is here. I finally see the body of the creature. It's human, mostly. Her face is beautiful. Her human arms caress LaBelle while the vine-like others twist around the water. Dear Lord, if this can exist, oh, no. so can oh, you. no, he's not going to help you. I swear to do your bidding. And that's the moment the cleat broke off. The line went free, and I could roll away. That doesn't change a thing. Wait just a moment. No, the wonders of her. Don't be afraid. We're just happy to be home again. The boat stops for a moment. The bow has pierced into the membrane. It's the smell that gets to me. Rancid vegetation, sewer water. Stay with us, Howie. It's not safe out there. The muck creeps over my head. And then it's on my face, trying to drown me. And then it all disappears. No membrane, no psychotic pastor, no beast. Only Gus's house drowning in the storm surge. Wind wants to take me to sea. I fight it. I work my way back up Main Street. I pass the general store where Mr. Lowry's body was found. Turner Island is ruined. It may not even be an island anymore. Any minute I could be another piece of debris. first time in my life that I felt like dying would be a relief. I eventually bottom out on something. And 
then I lose the will to move. We gotta get the hell inside. Wow. Yeah. Anything like that with you? No. It's like I said before. I circled around a few times, called to him, and got back to my place just as the eye let up. Be glad you didn't go inside. And you'd be talking crazy like me. Still, I... I don't know how we didn't pass each other on the way there. Did you ever see that crate? No. I walked by, found a slimy piece of awning, probably from the mainland. But that's it. I'm surprised this place is still standing. I wish they'd knock it down already. I expected to go that night. I told that FEMA guy what he said over the ham. And me too. I'm sure they jotted it down and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, for telling me. You asked. Well, let's get ourselves back there. The island won't clean up itself. Yep. So how are things at Susan's? Fine. She said you were at church this morning. Yeah. Think we'll go back? You want to take off the lines? Yep. That was The Church Fire and Redemption, based on the story by T.M. Morgan, found in Volume 7, Issue 2. Starring Jim Donnelly as Howie, Aaron Veach as David LaBelle, Tom Wade as Gus, Reagan Wilson as Terry. The narrator in the documentary was Glenn Haskell. The TV reporter is S.L. Albert. The reporter in the documentary is Julie Saunders. The radio play was written and produced by Julie Saunders and Andrew Wardlaw. Produced by Andrew Wardlaw. This will be the final Lamplight radio play. All good things, and their Lamplight radio play was such a good thing. An amazing collection of talent from writers to actors to those who worked behind the scenes. Thank you to the writers who let us play with their stories, to the amazing actors who brought these stories to life, to Andrew, without his hard work and passion, none of this would have existed, and to you, our listeners. We hope you've enjoyed these stories and you will seek out these writers wanting more of the darkness they have to offer. Until next time. <laughs>